Hello, welcome to Tiz Talk. Welcome to Tiz Talk. This is a podcast coming from Tisbury, Wiltshire and surrounding villages. I'm Julianne Murphy. And I'm Mary Myers. It's the week beginning the 1st of May and it's springtime. There's lots of events underway and we've been getting out and about. Firstly, Mary talks to Mark Lloyd, the man with the top hat at Anstey's May Day. So it's great to be part of, you know, some mystical ancient tradition. Then Julianne and I both enjoyed Music Al Fresco at Font Hill Gardens last Sunday and we have a report. So it just enables those young musicians to have those opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, great. Then Mary meets some of the artists at Furley's Farm, part of the Wiley Valley Art Trail. So it, there's lots to see um, and it's very visually very bright. It's a very large space as well, which is great. And then she is talking to Peter Shulcross about elms and swallows. So they haven't started nesting yet and I think there's probably a shortage of insects because it's not warm enough. And finally we have the Watsons presented by Louis Davison. Hope you enjoy the show. To begin with, Mary went down to the Anstey Maypole a couple of days before the May Day celebrations. Yeah, hello, I'm Mark Lloyd and I'm the Master of Ceremonies for Anstey May Day. Right, so how did you get involved? I was voluntold in uh, early 2019. We, we've been living here uh, for about 20, 25 years or so now. When we moved here, John Oldfield, who, who still lives in the village, was Master of Ceremonies and he handed the mantle on to a chap called Robert Baker, who, who then took it on for, for many years. Uh, he's still uh, out and about in, in the village too. And because our two daughters uh, have both been May Queens in the dim and distant ancient history, I was delighted to, to take it on for the village. Great. It's absolutely wonderful that, that Anstey can continue to do this. You know, it's an ancient, ancient tradition, and we'll, maybe we'll come on to that uh, in a moment, but the road is closed for a, for a few hours, which I'm sure frustrates um, you know, those that aren't local to, to the area. But uh, we have young May dancers organised by the local dance school uh, who were chosen. We have a May Queen this year. But, you know, we're progressive. We had a May King a couple, a couple of years ago, so that's really great. And so we have some really great stalls as well as a, a small bar. And, of course, the White Horse Morris come and support. So it's the opportunity, really, just, you know, for once a year, for the village to absolutely come together to celebrate the beginning of summer and just, just enjoy ourselves. So May Day, what's the history? What do you understand by May Day and the significance of it? May Day marks the beginning of summer, it's certainly in the farming calendar, and it's midway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. So for the ancients, you know, a really, really important time to get the crops in and to look forward to you know, a bounty harvest ready for the winter cycle to begin all over again. It's synonymous uh, for, for, the, for Gaelic um, in, in the ancient past where cattle were driven from the winter pasture out into the summer pastures. There were bonfires and rituals uh, as well as to, just to ensure that the animal protection was there you know, for those, those early rites of spring and early summer to encourage growth and of course a mystical time of, of fire, you know, j- just beginning to welcome the emerging blossom. And then before that, associated with the Roman festival of, of Flora, the goddess of flowers. And we can see that, you know, around us now as the hedgerows begin to bloom. So it's great to be part of, you know, some mystical ancient tradition. 
So what about the history of the Maypole itself? Because isn't it the highest in Britain? I think locally it's believed to be so, but and certainly the one that was here before the, the present Maypole certainly was, and that, that came down uh, in, in the Great Storm, and that actually fell in where we're standing and actually damaged the, the structure of, of the former pub behind us. So when it was replaced, it was certainly shortened, and it, you know, it's still a, still a whopping size and, and a really good beacon in the village with, with the uh, Union flag on top. So uh, part of the funds... Uh, and the fundraising part of it goes to, towards a local charity but part of it is also retained you know should this maypole come down you know it will need to be replaced so so we're starting to you know generate a bit of a bank account oh, that's a really good you know, idea in, yeah in, in the event that it comes down so what's the charity this year the same as last year it's uh, julia's house a local charity providing palliative care for young children great well, Mark and I are standing just by the Maypole, but he's kindly brought some of his props, his tools of the trade. So what have we got here? The, you know, the, the two symbols of, of the duty are a top hat and, and a smashing bell, because who gets to wear a top hat these days? So, so I'm absolutely delighted to be able to take on that mantle. And the bell is synonymous, really, with, with the opening of the May Day celebration in Anstey, but it also marks the the passage of the dancers from the church where they assemble to the actual maypole itself to start dancing. So for me, the top hat and the bell are the tools of the martial ceremonies. Great. So you're going to put them on and give us a ring? Well, yeah, absolutely. Look, so, so, so this is actually a, a new top hat oh, it's lovely. For, for this year, made by Cotswold Country Hats. So that's great. So that comes on once, once a year. And I've got to ring the bell, yeah, really. So, so here, here we go. Absolutely deafening, but absolutely Great. brilliant and instantly recognisable as the opening of May Day. And do you say particular words? Uh, yes, and I've just found a little bit of poetry that, that I quite like to read every, every year, you know, to mark the, the passage of time. That we're moving from the wild winds of March and the, and the wet April into the beginning of summer. Well, we really look forward to it on Monday. Let's hope it doesn't rain. <gasps> Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. Amid showers and sunshine, Mary and I attended a lovely event last week in aid of the Cherubim Music Trust, held in the gardens of Fonthill House. Mary started by finding out what the Cherubim Trust does. Hi, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm the administrator uh, for Cherubim. So what is the Cherubim Trust? So Cherubim Trust is an organisation, a charity that um, loan high-end musical instruments to young musicians between the ages 15 and 25, coming out of education and going into higher education, higher music education with the potential of becoming professional musicians and um, can't necessarily afford to pay for the type of instrument that they need in order to be able to further their music career so what we have a bank of instruments that we loan out to young musicians who send us an application with what they're doing with generally like a referral from a teacher or somebody um, just enables them to kind of further their talents really so, so started in Tisbury is that right 
yes, I believe Clancy started the charity because their daughter was learning harp. So that's Clancy Steer, married to Maxwell Steer. Exactly, the dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're amazing. They work so hard and they've just put so much into it for so long. Um, I only started last year, so I'm fairly new to it. And I, it really surprised me the cost of these kind of instruments. So I was surprised at just a, a violin bow being about two to three thousand pounds. Um, harps can be, yeah, you know, sort of forty thousand pounds or something. So an incredible amount of money. Um, which is unaffordable for most people. Yeah. So it just enables those young musicians to have those opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. So we've got um, a fund that we're doing at the moment to pay for a, a new flute for a young musician who's, who's approached us. Um, and she's incredible. We've got a concert coming up for her in May in Tisbury. So that's the 20th of May. Her name's Lily Owen. So we're hopeful of great things for her. But yeah, that's um, about £15,000 that we need towards that flute. But we're, we're almost there. So we're doing really, really well. So Cherubim have a YouTube channel called the Savile Aperitif Concerts, where you can see some of these young musicians perform. So what's your name? Lily Owens. And how are you involved with Cherubim? Um, so the Cherubim Trust at the moment are fundraising for a new flute for me. Okay, so you're a flautist. Mm -hmm. You're a student, are you? So I'm in year 11 and I go to Wells Cathedral School. And uh, what flute are you playing at the moment? At the moment I'm playing an intermediate Muramatsu flute. Okay, so why do you need a new one? Um, well, new flutes, I mean, the better the flute, the more freedom you can have with it. Um, it's a lot easier and it's a lot clearer to play. Um, flutes, the better they get. Um, and I feel like for me to keep improving, I need a new flute to help me do that. Right, right. So Cherubim is raising money at the moment to try to get you a better flute. What are your ambitions as a, as a musician? I'm still quite young, so I think the next thing for me is kind of auditioning for music college. I want to go somewhere in London, but I think I've still got a lot of thinking to do about like where exactly I want to go. But I think um, for the future, I definitely want to do lots of orchestral playing, um, but I still want to be able to do solo stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so I live in Wiltshire. Um, I live in Calm, so it's not that far away. But um, it's my first time playing here in Tisbury. It's been really fun. I think like playing outside definitely has its challenges, especially like the weather today. Just not having walls to bounce your sound off is quite difficult. And it's been really fun playing with other musicians and meeting lots of new people. Great. And it's been a very chill environment. So. And you're going to be playing in Tisbury Church? 20th of May, I'll be playing in Tisbury Church. And what will you be playing? I've got quite a long programme. I'm playing some tango music, some Debussy. I've got some Messian in there, so there's definitely something for everyone. Great. Well, we'll look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lily Owens will be giving a concert on May the 20th at St John's Church, Tisbury, also in aid of the Cherubin Trust. Thank you.
Follow us on Instagram at TizTalkRadio. Now, the Wiley Valley Art Trail launched on Saturday and I went down to Tisbury Row to meet some of the artists showing at venue 18 at Fursley's Farm. So I'm at Fursley's Farm for the first day of the Wiley Valley Art Trail and this is one of the uh, venues and I'm with Penny Daw who is one of the exhibitors. Hello. Hello, good morning. Hi. Hello, Mary. So how's it going this morning? Well, we've had a very frantic few days getting ready um, and it's all set up. It's looking wonderful. We've got five artists here, so it's probably the biggest collection of artists that have ever been here. I'm the new girl, along with Patricia Lowe, and uh, we're expecting hopefully quite a few people this this weekend. I understand it's going to be quite busy. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and then, of course, we've got the bank holiday weekend, so yes. it's quite quite a beano. So it starts today and goes yes. on till till the eighth of May, um, yes. right the way through the coronation bank holiday. The last day uh, is it's open is the Monday after the coronation. Yes, it's a selling show. Everything is marked and labelled, and people are always happy to chat to you about um, commissions or something that you might like. This isn't quite the same as what's showing. Um, and uh, lots of different mediums. I paint yeah. in acrylics on canvas. Uh, Sue has a printer, uh, Patricia has got etchings, um, Jerry's watercolours and uh, the bakers, um, that's Robert and Jackie, do uh, lovely ceramics and wood furniture. Oh and Serena with her beautiful jewellery, so it's a really fantastic eclectic selection here. Yeah and some <coughs> metal chickens and here. And this is Amy's brilliant stuff, it's, it's made of farm machinery, it's all welded together and you think it would never work but actually it looks wonderful, she does chickens and rabbits and ducks great and uh, garden ornaments yeah um great. so it, there's lots to see um and it's very visually very bright it's very large space as well which is great it's been a venue for art. it's been a venue for a while i remember coming here and really loving just coming and looking at other people's stuff for a long time and it belongs to um john edgley and it's his farm and he very kindly lets people exhibit here um and it's such a lovely space there's a big capacious barn here and then next door there's a, another barn and um, a sort of nice garden area. Sort of open to the um, outside yard yes. and easy parking. And you've got a lot of local scenes. Is that partly by design or is that just <laughs> accident? I mean you've got Stourhead, you've got yep. the South Coast, Water, you've got yes. Water Castle, yeah, exactly. yep. Stonehenge. Yeah. Well we're surrounded by such amazing places and you can't not really want to paint them and we don't have to go far do we we're so lucky yeah absolutely i'm jacqueline baker my husband robert baker who's the woodworker and we are showing with the wiley valley art trail at venue 18 with the first lease group talking so you're showing me some of your husband robert's uh, furniture yes this table is um sweet ash and no sweet chestnut sorry and it comes from a mile away where the electricity people had to cut down the tree for mm. the cables right and rather it be burnt we then manhandled it in trunks into the land rover then got it milled three years later he's managed to make these tables and benches and chairs and things like this gorgeous from and it's not perfect wood um but it's wood as it says here that if it's flawed we're all flawed but we're all beautiful <laughs> Great. So, yeah. And what about you? What are you showing? What have you been making? Oh, I just do bits of pottery from the countryside. So I do things that impress leaves and grasses, that's the word, mm. and bits of oak I find that are old and I incorporate those in the pottery and little things like bunting and small things that people can have 
that aren't to be used and to be enjoyed, aren't too expensive. Right, so here we are with these uh, bowls here in front of us and some of the uh, jewellery and buttons as well? Buttons, not jewellery. Jewellery is Serena. She oh, does right. lovely silver jewellery. Okay. No, buttons again, it's something that um, they go a long way because they can be given to anybody to craft. Right. It's just as a, as a joy and as a pleasure. Yes. Um, right. And, the, you know, it's, what can I do for somebody? There you are. And they always, yeah. I always think of button transfers. You, you go and buy something from a Oxfam or wherever, secondhand, you put buttons on it and it becomes yours. Nice. It just changes it. It's your personal thing. Or you can buy a very cheap garment, put buttons on it. It's then exclusive. And what do you get out of exhibiting with the others here in this group in Wiley Valley Art Trail? It's lovely showing people what you've been doing. You've been closeted all these months and everything else, and then you come out and show people this is what we've been doing. And we meet people and they talk to you and you hear lovely stories, which is it's nice. It's great. Thank you. I'm with Jerry. Jerry McLaughlin. Okay, I'm with Jerry McLaughlin here at the Wiley Valley Art Trail, Fursley's Farm. And you're a glass artist? A glass artist, yes. I do fused glass and cast glass for indoor and outdoor display. So, great. So we're here by your display. Can you just describe it for listeners? Um, In various colours, depicting a lot of water images. So they are abstract forms, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're 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 abstract. They're not vessels. No, not at all. They're all abstract, yes. Yeah, blues, greens, greens, turquoises. Yes, most people prefer blues and greens, um, but I do add some colour to have a variation. Great. Well, thank you very much and good luck. That's all right. Thank you very much. Peter Shellcross, as chair of the Tisbury Natural History Society, now explaining to Mary where the swallows nest on his dairy farm. Yeah, this is the oldest barn that's left on the farm and it's ideal for nesting swallows. So we're looking at two, three, four nests there. Oh, six actually. So they, they don't use the same nest all the time. They do uh, build new ones. Yeah, so you were saying that normally you get swallows around 15th of April and they've already arrived? Yeah, they have, yeah. but uh, as we can see, they've all gone again. They've gone... Uh, oh, oh, here's one. Oh, One's two. just come in, two. Yeah, three. So they haven't started nesting yet, and I think there's probably a shortage of insects because it's not warm enough. So they're thinking about nesting, and yeah. they've obviously they've got their pairs. Yeah, they're sort of staking their claim over the, the best places, really. Yeah, I see. Yeah, when the time is right, probably they fed enough and they know there's enough insects to maintain their brood, so then they'll lay eggs. Mm. But because it's so cold, they obviously I don't think they'll be able to at the moment. Right. They say that one swallow doesn't make a summer, but it's still a nice sign, isn't it, of spring and summer to come? Yeah, yeah, it's a very slow start to spring, because the house martins haven't come yet. I've seen them elsewhere, but they haven't come here. Um, but I've taken advantage and uh, put up some more cups for them. So there's four nesting cups up here on Sadie's apex of her house. So you can see two, a pair oh, yes. higher up, and then there's another pair tucked under the, the rafters. Yeah. And what beautiful. about swift? Have you got good hopes for swift? Well, there's the three boxes up here, and Sadie's turned on the, the sound system, um, but I haven't really got much hope because they don't really come close enough. But the swift boxes we've got in Tisbury, which um, 
the Natural History Society, and particularly Diana Forbes's, um, did two years ago. I've got big hopes for them because mm-hmm. they are used already. What sort of date do the swifts arrive? Uh, usually after the 1st of May, oh, so not long. Not long, but, great. But everything's late, so just, it's a job to know. Yeah, so um, let's talk about elm trees, my favourite subject. So we're just looking at uh, an adamus, which is the closest equivalent to our English elm, and it's yellow with with seed. Uh, it's the first year it's really seeded, because it's quite a big tree now. What is it, um, 15 foot tall? And I aim to collect the seeds and propagate from them, um, and hopefully we'll grow a few seedlings. I did go to Spain to look at the labs where this tree originally was propagated, and they do a greening test where they take the seedlings and they immerse them in a, a soup of water and um, the Dutch elm disease fungus. And so they screen out any at that stage which are, are not resistant. And then they go on to keep them for another 15 years and then they test them properly um, as they had in, you know, in, the, in the past with this adamus tree to make sure it's resistant. So yeah, so I've got plans of doing that. I've got two propagators full of hardwood cuttings which I took a couple of months ago. So I'm propagating from them. Um, again, it's very, it's very difficult. And the other thing I've done is I've ordered 6,500 Adamus from Madrid and they're going to Holland. So I've just, Dad's just paid the carriage, the lorry, to take them in crates from uh, Madrid to a nursery in Holland. And then they'll be kept there for the summer, grown on a bit more. And then with all my fingers crossed, hopefully they'll come across here because it's so fraught with bureaucracy now after Brexit. So I've got maybe 10,000 trees to sell uh, and I normally only sell 2,000. So I'll have to actually market them to other farmer groups nationwide and also Bright Seeds at Fovent have developed a forestry department and hopefully sell some of the Adamus on their network of farmers they normally sell to. Mm, great. Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. These are the Watsons for the week beginning the 1st of May. Monday the 1st of May is the Anstey May Day Fete, starting from 4.30pm onwards, with dancing around the Maypole, music from Tatty Bogle, the White Horse Morrisman, stalls, raffles, food and a bar. Here's the programme. At 4.30, the Master of Ceremonies, Mark Lloyd, declares May Day open. At 5.10, the Master of Ceremonies leads the procession of the May Queen, her attendant and children, to the Maypole for dancing. At 5.30 sharp, the procession of the White Horse Morris Men to the Maypole for the crowning of the May Queen starts. At 5.40, more Maypole dancing, followed by family have-a-go dancing. At 6.30, Morris dancing by the commandery. And at 7.30, May Day celebrations end. On Tuesday the 2nd of May, at 5.30pm, Tisbury Bowls and Croquet Club meet for the Bowls Roll-Up, which is on every Tuesday at this time. On Thursday the 4th of May, Tisbury Footpath Club Evening Walk takes place at 6.30, meeting at the Nader Centre. Also on Thursday the 4th, the West Tisbury Annual Parish Village Meeting, followed by the Annual Parish Council Meeting, takes place in the small room in Hinton Hall, kicking off at 7pm. 
This week, too, the Wiley Valley Art Trail is fully underway with local artists showing in various locations around Tisbury and surrounding villages. Pick up a brochure from Tisbury Post Office or the Nadder Centre for opening times and locations and get in the picture. Tisbury will be flying the flag on Saturday the 6th of May for King Charles III's coronation with a live stream from Westminster Abbey showing in the Victoria Hall starting at 10.30am until 1pm. And because watching a coronation is a hunger-inducing business, food, including homemade cakes and refreshments, will be available for all to enjoy alongside an exhibition of photos of Tisbury, past and present. The following day, as clearly Tisbury can't get enough of partying, join all your neighbours for a get-together on the football club field for the big Tisbury coronation picnic and community party. That event is on Sunday the 7th of May from 1pm to 4pm. Bring a picnic and prepare to be entertained with music, croquet, children's games, tug of war, rounders, big bang pizza stall, ice cream, and all sorts. What's not to love? That's it. Enjoy your week. We should add that Tisbury Parish Council is also having its annual parish meeting on Tuesday the 2nd of May in the reading room on the High Street. All villagers are welcome and local groups can make their requests to the annual small grant fund. And we leave you with the sound of spring. That's all from us this week. So we've been Mary Myers and Julianne Murphy with special guest Louis Davison. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on tistalkradio at gmail.com. You can listen every week to a new episode of Tistalk and you can find any episode you've missed at tistalk.buzzsprout.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Tistalk, that's all one word. And also look out for us on the Nextdoor app. And now also on Instagram on Tis Talk Radio. So do listen in next week for more stories from Tisbury. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.